All right. Seems like it's been a while since we've done this thing. It hasn't, though. Well. Okay. What's going on here? How come? What's going on what? Okay. That's why you need to turn on my, uh, the audio. All right. It has been a while. Oh, yeah. Allie, Allie and I did a little recording the other day, so I turned down the monitor, so it wasn't too loud. Uh... It just seems like, you know, because we did New Year's and then we did the show Dave like right away and it's been a whole week and you and me again, it seems empty in here. (laughs) (laughs) Just, it's a, yeah, it's been a while since we just had a a one-on-one show. Well, we did postpone it until until today because I was just, I just, it wasn't, I wasn't feeling sick or anything. I just wasn't feeling it yesterday. This was like, "Mm, no, I just don't really feel like, and then I'd end up going to sleep at 10. That's probably a good idea. I had uh, something. I caught it, let's see, that was, I guess, Monday afternoon at work. I just started feeling like, ugh. And I didn't sleep hardly at all Monday night, even with NyQuil. Like, didn't help me sleep. So I stayed home from tu- stayed home from work on Tuesday, but I was able to work most of the day. And then I went to work Wednesday and just felt awful all day. So I stayed home from work Thursday, because I didn't sleep Wednesday night either. Like, wow. Like, NyQuil didn't help sleep Wednesday night either and then that's um, when you take the ambient I guess and um actually so Friday I worked from home and felt pretty good all day actually it was a really productive work from home day and then uh Friday night I was able to sleep without any medication so Saturday night last night I had a little bit of whiskey to drink yay Woo-hoo. <laughs> you know I, I like NyQuil usually puts me out when I'm feeling under the weather at bedtime, and I don't want to have a restless night's sleep. But for whatever I had this time, did not work at all. I mean, it's just alcohol, really, that gives you the sleep, right? And, and maybe some of the... I'm not sure what the drowsy part is. I mean, acetaminophen's the, the painkiller part of it, so I mean, that's why... That's why Say alcohol, alcohol and acetaminophen in the same... I don't think... I don't know if NyQuil has... And these are the little capsules that I take, oh. so... Um, I don't know what the drowsy thing is in NyQuil. It's not in DayQuil or whatnot. I just know that they're active ingredients acetaminophen, so when I'm using it as a sleep aid, you know, so I don't have a restless, wakey night sleeping, it also prohibits drinking. Everything I've seen lately says acetaminophen is really bad for you. <laughs> like Most people are now coming around to say, oh, okay, you know what, acetaminophen, Tylenol is just horrible for you. No, even if yeah. you're not drinking? Okay. Yeah. It's, it's bad news. Uh, I mean... They used to shove extra strength Tylenol down your throat. Now they're realizing, well, you know, any more than eight of these in a day, and you're really fucking up your liver just without doing anything else. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, they do have limits on, you know, no more than two drinks, and no more than eight a day or something like that, mm-hmm. right? But I mean, I was taking two at night, and that's it. Sure, so, yeah, you should be fine. You know, so I wasn't taking a regimen of Nyquil. I was taking it to, you know, because usually. I found that, you know, if it's going to be one of those nights where like your, your aches, your hips are sore and you're going to be tossing and turning and, and, you know, your brain's usually like cranking on something and keeps you awake. You ever have that? Like, it seems like those oh, restless I'm, nights, absolutely, you know? Absolutely, yeah. And, um, it's like the first night, you know, like I was like brain, like my, you know, was cranking on work or something like that. I was thinking over a problem and it was, just wasn't helping. So I just like, actually, I got an earworm stuck in my head, you know, a nice relaxing earworm. It was a old Crow Medicine Show song, right? And so I had I had this song like in my head for like three days. And whenever I like I was getting restless, I would just kind of 
play the song and it actually helped it was like the only good time i've ever had an earworm that (laughs) that, you know helped relax me so i wasn't restless and agitated trying to sleep it doesn't usually relax me um Mm -mm. i usually hate earworms but it was the right song right song at the right time yeah i uh yeah i cool double dipping this on the pre-show in there okay Anyway, I don't really have anything to say to that. Okay. <laughs> uh, do you have any other stories to tell? Uh, let's talk a little about the robot that Ellie and I built. All right. It's a humanoid robot that is going to take over the world. It's an armatron. It's a. It's a, <laughs> it's a robot arm. Uh, yeah, it's a robot arm. But it, it, if you are uh, like me and Jeff, um, did you have one when you were a kid? Yeah. Yeah. We both had these little Radio Shack uh Arms with little joysticks on them uh, that you could robot arms basically came with a couple obstacles that you could yeah. do. Uh, and Jeff has basically a, a sort of a mini, a smaller version of that that's made out of sort of a, a laser cut cardboard, uh, plywood, plywood, and it has a bunch has a couple servos on it. And Jeff has was showing me. He doesn't have it connected right now because actually he had it connected and then it fell apart as he was bringing it down. <laughs> the battery pack fell off when I was carrying down the steps and yanked all the wires loose. But when he does have it connected, he'll be able to, and he has started this, right? He started mm-hmm. this, program the servos and stuff so you can then have a programmable robot arm. Yeah, it's a, it's an open source plan. Um, the, the laser cut CAD drawing to um, cut it into acrylic or into plywood is open source, right? So if you had a laser cutter, you could download the MeArm. Um, it's called MeArm. You can download the MeArm plans and just cut it in your own. MeArm! Yeah. MeArm! You can cut it into your own material, right? And then you have to get the screws and the servos and things like that. Because um, the screws self-tap into the holes that the laser cuts and things like that. So, I mean, it's really a pretty well thought out design. Uh, they use a, a nut and a screw kind of the toggle to pull things together. And uh, I found this on Amazon. Um, it was like microbots.com or something, microbotshop.com or something like that. But it was on Amazon um, where it was pre-cut into the plywood. It came with the servos and the, everything they put it together. It came with the battery pack holder. And then I just had to supply the Arduino. And then I, I picked up a couple um, like PlayStation um, joysticks where you go up, down, left, right, and it also has a click to it. Yeah, little and, uh, analog sticks. Yeah, little the joystick part of it, yeah. And uh figured with two of those, well, the Armatron had two joysticks. The Armatron had a twist, right? Mm-hmm. It, that's that's the one degree of freedom. Okay, so the Armatron had two degrees of freedom that this doesn't have, right? It had a wrist that went up and down and then it had a, a rotator. Right, right. So you used to be able to twist those. The twi- the one twist did the rotate. The other twist did the open and close the claw. Okay. Where in my case, the right stick up and down is going to open and close the... Cl- or no, left and right will open and close the claw. And then up and down will do the Z-axis. Axis, so well, you, could, you could translate compare. those, right? I mean, you could... You could, but right. I have... It makes most sense to have left and right open and close the claw. Okay. And the idea is, well, you can have very... Uh, a manually controlled robot kids can play with that but i'm also going to the, the code i'm writing is kind of going to be the firmware for the robot and then i want ali to kind of address the software to program basic tasks yeah, like, how are you going to do that i'm going to have her 
use the joysticks to figure out what the coordinates are for the robot okay for each servo and then she's going to give it a series of coordinates to go to how is she going to give it a series of coordinates type it into the text file okay okay so basically she'll maneuver the robot to where it goes she'll look at the screen and see what coordinates it's currently at so go here close the claw lift up move over sit down open the claw you know basically move a stack of blocks you know i'm going to kind of see if she mm-hmm. has fun solving those problems by writing a program now i doubt there's pressure sensitivity so do you just close it to a certain degree or you can just say the, the servos aren't very strong okay and um so one of the first things i had to do once i had it all powered up and and basically had the arduino controlling it was to figure out what the limits were because each of the servos is um 180 degree servo Where's the, I, yeah, and um, what am I trying to say? Um, 180 degree servo, but not all the servos in the way the robot is designed can turn a whole 180 degrees. Mm-hmm. So I had like when I first turned it on, the robot was like going into seizures on itself, right? It was like collapsing and crunching <laughs> up and and stuff like, and you could hear the servos straining. So I had to figure out where the safe limits are. So for like the X axis servo that one can go almost the whole way so it can go from um 10 degrees to 170 degrees works fine seems if i did zero to 80 it was training trying to get that last degree in so i just kind of backed it off a little bit and then for the y-axis axis so um think of the the stage in front of the robot x would x would be left and right y would be near and far and then z's up and down and um so the y one you know it was much less than 180 degrees right i mean it was probably uh probably about 80 degrees or something like that yeah. right and then the z one because it works on a lever system it was even less than that right it was probably only like 30 or 40 degrees of 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 good space that it's where it's not seizing up on something and then the claw is probably about 30 degrees or 20 degrees of motion to open and close the claw because it's lever activated as well. So um, it has mechanical advantage there. It doesn't have to move the servo very far to open the claw. Mm. Wider than the claw would be useful. So so I found the limits, and then, uh, you know, the limits are already in my code, right? You know, if the command is telling the robot to do this and the resultant coordinate is still within safe limits, then do it, you know, that kind of thing. So... Uh, working on that kind of thing. And then I was telling Greg with the analog inputs, I want the robot to have a good feel. So I have to tune how far to move, how fast to move. I wonder if you could ultimately like just plug in a PlayStation joystick to it. I saw someone take, I guess the Wii kind of had a, a classic controller that plugged into the nunchuck or something mm. and it had two joysticks on it mm-hmm. and, and, you know, and stuff above it. And I saw on YouTube, someone was using one of those but I think it was going into a USB something or another. In the Ard- so the Arduino had to talk to a USB hub or something, you know, like that, where this is just for analog for the analog inputs. You know, an analog input on Arduino is between uh, 0 and 1024. You know, so with these joysticks, you know, I'm just taking that value and rounding it down. So instead of between being converting it from between 0 and 1024, it's going to be from negative 10 to positive 10, where when it's centered, it's sitting at 0. So now I'll have 10 degree, 10 steps of speed and those things don't move very far. So 10 steps should be plenty. 
I can make it 20 steps by just changing a variable mm-hmm. if I need to. And uh, But yeah, I, I want the robot to not move too fast, not move too slow, not seem jerky. So I got to tune a bunch of parameters to make those movements seem... How long does it take to flash that? To write to the argument, it takes 10 seconds. Oh, okay. Cool. So that's Jeff's project for a couple weeks, probably. Uh, I don't think the code will... Well, I don't know. Maybe making making my robot seem human, yeah, you know, yeah. cause, or making a human accept, you know, human acceptable motion might take more time. But um, and I'll getting have, everything so Ali is able to program it and stuff like that—that'll take time. Yeah. Yeah, teaching her. I mean, I think for a while it's going to be a period of her just letting you use it as a remote control robot arm, right, right. just like the Armatron. But then at at some point, I want to give her problems to solve with it. Cool. I showed Jeff a picture, uh, a video of a, a nuclear fuser. It's a Farnsworth fuser. Okay. Um, Farnsworth from uh, Futurama. <laughs> uh, Farnsworth um, from uh, uh, this guy who invented television. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, that guy. He's yeah, Farnsworth, right? He invented this uh, nuclear fusion device. And it is capable of nuclear fusion. It, it, it's pretty simple and kind of ingenious how it works. You, there, you have an anode in, in the center and the mm-hmm. cathode on the outside, and you charge this up with a whole bunch of, you know, you just, a lot of charge, so that in, in the inside, it's, it's this sort of, it's, it's a wire cage on the outside, a wire cage on the inside. And then you have, then, you know, a big potential difference. So stuff mm-hmm. goes in and then misses the cages in the middle and collides in the center. And with that big potential difference, you actually have things going really, really, really fast. Okay. Uh, and so then they collide and they fuse. And so you can actually get nuclear fusion in this if you fill the area. You, you take, you make, you vacuum this out, and you fill the area with uh, deuterium. And you can actually create that. You can't get energy out of it, like not, not like right, right, right. But you can get, you know, you can actually get release of neutron. You get neutron flux. You can get all the things. So they tell you how to get deuterium and make magazine. No. The, what they have is they have the fuser running, but without in, in a vacuum. So all you get is a plasma. Uh, okay, so yeah, that was the plasma, and there really wasn't anything to see in the center. Nothing mm-hmm. noteworthy. So that's what I was going to ask you. I was going to ask you was it um, not colliding in the center, or is that a very rare event? And in the short little video, it wouldn't have happened. Or, no, or no, it's, it's not a rare so. event at all. I mean, um, it, it definitely happens uh, with, with the fuser. You can make it happen, but it's not. At least the, the design bright light, bright light come out of it. Or yeah, like, it, yeah, it's a sort of star pattern. Uh, they have okay. a, 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 at least a view of that on Wikipedia. Let's see here. So, where do you buy deuterium? <laughs> <laughs> okay, and that's just not that's not a lens artifact. That's no, no. That's that's an like. actual. Okay. Um, it's actual fusion happening. Star mode. Okay. Uh, and yeah, so you, yeah, you can generate fusion. You can generate power with it, but you can't generate more power than you put into it. Sure. Um, sure. But it's it's a cool little device you can build at home. As long as you can get deuterium. Well, I mean, you can. Build, oh, if you just want to use it as a plasma yeah, thing, yeah, you can build yeah, the plasma I mean, part. The plasma part was pretty pretty cool. Yeah. How many volts? Do, or what's the potential? I don't think that? you need much. I've seen stuff on there with five to twelve volts. Okay. Just for the plasma part. I think you might It's still high current, right? I mean, that was a pretty big pot that he had was turning. It was like a some kind of industrial strength potentiometer he was messing with. It was probably like six inches in diameter. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I, I, I think you're probably using a, a, a lot of tricks. I don't think you need much. At least just to create the plasma. I don't know about creating the fusion. The fusion might be a little bit harder to do. That's a cool. It's a cool little device. It's uh, Philo Philo T Farnsworth. There you go. Okay. Wow. And we thought we just invented the TV. <laughs> so yeah, that's the the fuser. You should make that next. <laughs> yeah, there's a make make uh, occasionally shows a lot of out there things mm-hmm. like 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 hardcore Burning Man type stuff. <laughs> <laughs> you know, not the stuff that I'm going to be doing around here. Well, you you oh. made this image. Oh, just because the clickbait shit that's on every news story everywhere. Oh, yeah, well, everybody's have has partners, and that's. Uh, so I was reading a story. I think I was reading a story that was right above that. Uh, let's see. Here. Natural flavoring made from the anal secretions of beavers, which uh, is fine. Yeah. The uh, and then yeah, I get to the bottom, and, and it's not a. So the where, where'd it go? Oh, there it is. Um, tips for keeping your vulva and vagina healthy, and you know, and it's a it's a picture that gets your attention. It's it's naked parts of. <laughs> You know, it's naked hips right, and stuff, right. and, you know, it gets your attention. And... You I wonder what the tips are. No. do you? I've never clicked on any of these. But the thing is, I hate myself because some of these interest stories are not... I, I kind of want to follow them like uh, sociology, you know, like uh, just kind of see what the story actually like the, what the story actually is how much information is really there and how much is just clickbait mm. and then you know and kind of like think about like what what specifically for some of these stories are the drive to get people to click on them you know and uh I, I so mean, yes there's some aspect of titillation there's some aspect of you know wondering about you know just actual people have questions about that sort of thing uh this is on a natural alternative daily site so yeah. natural so people are but always it's, looking it's at that still representative stuff. of the stuff you see on like cnn.com there's all, there's like I, bullshit stuff at the bottom i absolutely of their agree that yeah it, it's mostly bullshit stuff but it is stuff that people click on and so it's why i love clickhole so much is it is such a great parody of yeah. those things it's uh, it's also scary because it works. Well, it works, but we grew up in a world where the uh, the journalism, the the you know, was separate from the advertising. You know, it was obvious, right? And so, where you know, when we started seeing this stuff blurred together, well, well, you know, we... it, it it stuck out like a sore thumb, and and you know. I was always able to to avoid it or notice it, you know, immediately. And it's either getting so good or I'm getting used to it already that, you know, there's been a couple times where I'm like hovering over something about to click on it before I realize that it's, you know, bullshit clickbait. And it's almost, it's a bit scary that I've come this far, this fast. And I think society as a whole is going to like have the problem discerning where the, story where the news is versus you know the clickbait a couple issues i have with that um which is first of all we have a rosy colored 
look at the past. I mean, yeah, the, the it was separated out, your advertising from your news in general. Not always. There were a lot of combination stuff. Uh, there were a lot of stories that are pushed in and sponsored that uh, sort of went under the radar or were uh, a company trying to get good press for itself and all types of other things. Yeah, okay. The th- Yeah, I mean, so... You're already hitting it off, but let me just throw it out there so you can make sure you head it off, right? And that is, I was going to say that, you know, until recently, you browsing a news site, clicking links, going from news story to news story, and you were pretty easy to tell when you were staying on news stories and not going to, you know, whatever the clickbait is, an ad, straight up advertisement or, you know, a fake story for a product or something like that. And, um, you know, now it's, it's like, there's not like a menu, a list of news stories and a list of advertisements. It's, it's like you get to the bottom of the story and it's like all advertisements. Yeah. None of that, none of that you also might want to read is more news. We live in a culture that has always been a washing advertisement and to believe it hasn't been is to mislead yourself simply because there is, uh, less of a clear demarcation between what is obviously uh, or what is supposed to be news only and what is supposed to be ads only uh, doesn't mean that there wasn't always this flow. What you do notice is, if anything else, the media and advertising companies are sort of colluding together to make it flow together much easily and and to learn things from each other. Which is what they have to do. My sister actually left her position at the Globe because she sort of realizes that at a newspaper, it's not going anywhere. She's working now at a private company. And I think that that's going to be... um, I I think that we have to get used to the idea that news is entertainment. And I don't think that... I don't think that that's filtered to all areas of... Of the community yet, so that's why we have things like Trump going on because people aren't aren't realizing that news and entertainment are so blended together that there's a reason Trump is doing well is because he's entertaining, right? So my my biggest problem, so my biggest problem with this whole thing is I don't know if "problem" is the right word, but the thing I don't understand about the news age organizations is you get the bottom of their story and. Everything on the page when you're done reading the story is taking you away from news. It's taking you because, you know, where you used to be able to find other things to read to keep you on the site. Those links aren't there anymore. And they're all ads. Because they realize because that stuff stays on the side and they realize that the way people typically browse is not in. I am in the mood to get news about things. They browse about I'm in the mood to be to go from what I'm interested in to what I'm interested in. That's why wiki wormholes and stuff mm-hmm. like that exists, right? You you fall right. down these things. So you go from interesting thing to interesting thing, not from I just want to learn the news about what's happening. That's if you want to do that, you can read the you know the small bits of, of news that, that are there. Uh and once you go through an entire column, once you read an entire column, then they have you. They know they have your eyes. Because they don't have your eyes when you're just skimming news stories to get oh, sure. you know, two lines of information. Right. So when they know they have your eyes, then they're like, "All right, this person's interested. Their brain is working. So we're gonna we're gonna give them little specks of things to see, you know, little um, 
little reward to see if they will go get them, and that will just lead them down a wormhole of ads and, and content. But it's not a wormhole of content because it is never, a wormhole of content. Well, it certainly is content. It's Absolutely, not, it's not the content. content uh, not the content I'm looking for. Right. So they they earned me as a reader because I they, their story came up on Google News. Right. They should notice that I came here from Google News. I read their whole article, and and. They're throwing me to the sharks instead of, you know, trying to give me another thing to read. Another, okay. another news thing to read. You're the one who is so big about privacy, but you want them to now know they, how, how you behave? They do know how I behave. No, they, they, they know in aggregate how people behave. They don't know how you behave because they, they, they don't know who you are. They should have a serial number for me. I don't browse an incognito. <laughs> I don't browse an incognito. We've been talking about this at work, right? They have cookies that they know what you're interested in because they know what you've clicked. And, and they can look I've had these cookies, cookies for long enough that they know I should I fill out forms as at Jeff, my email address is Jeff Barrett, Jeff at JeffBarrett.com. No, the cookies yeah. don't store that for Well, no, but, but the browser with the serial number for that cookie and the super cookie and the browser fingerprinting and all that stuff has submitted a form in the past with his email address at Jeff at JeffBarrett.com and... If you don't think that the analytics companies have a profile like that detailed on you, I, th- I think they absolutely do. But I don't think that I, I think that there are issues with them using that information, uh, and they don't want. But push. even if they don't know it's Jeff Bear, they have me fingerprinted. They have a serial number so, for me. So, so they know how they earned me because the refer header. It's not hard to know. Are how you they saying that me. you've never gone to one of these stories and clicked on one of these links? Once by accident and hated myself. No, I don't click them out out of principle. You're 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 saying you don't believe me. You're I'm saying I don't head. believe you. Exactly I don't right. know. I get to the bottom of the story. I find one of those that seem interesting, and then I realize it's in the panel of the bullshit stories, and I don't click it. I I haven't. And part of the reason I'm mad is because sometimes I want to click those stories, but I don't do it. <laughs> well, I don't know what to tell you because most people do. In fact, almost all the people do, and that's why they keep doing it. Yeah, I and I don't. Well, they're not going to change their web programming just for you. No. Especially because I don't believe you. The reason why I don't believe you is because everybody does it. So because everybody does it, then that's why they do it. And so you're saying you're the one exception? Well, they're not going to program it for the one no, exception. they're not. But no, I have a very strong sense of when I get down to the bullshit clickbait stuff. You know, the ones that are right above the, here's what the cops and here's the new Pennsylvania, Pennsylvania driving law that you need to know about. You know that, you know, you ever see that one? Sure. They run it all the time. You know, it's, it's like right beside those. I don't click anything on that that tier. It's the same tactic as here are the three things that your kids are doing tonight 11. It's the same tactic. I know. When I get to that tier of, of their content, I be like. All right, those are all bullshit links. Back to Google News. You know, I, I don't click them. Well, you don't. You still don't believe me, but I, I. You said, do have I? Do I ever click them? I can think of like once where I clicked on it before my Spidey sense went off, and I'm like, motherfucker! And I didn't read the story out of principle anyway. So, well, I I think that uh, I'm skeptical of your claim, uh, but even if it's true, uh, that it's true doesn't mean that they should program for no. it because part of the reason why. Anyway, I've gone through this enough. How about that lottery? That lottery. That lottery. That big old... Uh, yeah. Now it's up to $1.3 billion With yep. a B. Which comes out to, I think, around $300 million. If you get the... Uh, no, $800 million. No, 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 no. 
because you have to oh oh okay the lump payout is 800 million right and then cut taxes out of that sure and everything that goes into when you get around 300 350 million which is it's enough not not chump change it's enough yeah not enough to buy loganitas but yeah it's enough it's plenty it's enough to make a really awesome craft beer radio (laughs) Yes, and your odds are uh, 1 in 992 million. Your ads are 1 in 292 million, 292.2 million. That, and, and people misunderstand that number because they think... Oh, like, I saw 992 million. No, 292. 292.2 million. Uh, the interesting thing about that number, though, is people think, oh, that means that 1 in 292 million will win. No, that's not what that means. That means that if you play... 292.2 million tickets, then at that point, your odds of winning have just increased beyond 50%. <laughs> so, it's almost, I mean, yeah, your, your chances of winning this are ridiculous. However, that doesn't mean that I'm, I mean, I understand that, but that doesn't mean that I'm not compelled to play too. I am. I'll buy a ticket or two. Why not? I've never bought a lottery ticket. Never. never. Wow. And you can believe. Yeah, I don't care if you believe that or not. But I that do is believe a fact. That, that I do is believe a fact. That. I absolutely never bought that. a lottery ticket. Uh, yeah, I, I. There's something about there's something about the cultural inertia that makes me buy it, even though I I totally recognize that it. it's it's ludicrous. Now Heather bought one ticket, yeah. the last two Powerballs. and she told Max about it and told Max she'd give him a hundred dollars if we won. <laughs> I like you're ruining him. He woke up in the morning. Did we win? <laughs> it's not nice. It's an evil, mean joke to play on a kid. Mm. Yeah, well. Eh, he's five. He'll be fine. Or he'll grow up believing that he has a chance at winning the Powerball. Well, he has a chance. It's one in 2.92 million. <laughs> a chance that's worth spending money on. <laughs> Because he's also inheriting yeah. Heather and Heather's dad's genes who, you know, it's probably more epigenetic or habit or something like that. But, I mean, Heather's dad plays lottery all the time. And that's probably why Heather plays the lottery occasionally. Sure. sure. My mom played the lottery nightly. She played the, the the three, the daily number here in Pennsylvania. She never played, you know, this was like, this was the era when they had the daily number nightly. And then the big four was like once a week, right? It mm-hmm. wasn't before they had like 17 different games going right. every night. Um, and she'd play my dad's, uh, my dad, had, you know, worked on heavy equipment, had one of the service trucks with the cranes on top, right? And he played the, his uh, truck number, which was 639369. Uh, I'd have to ask her what the number was. Like it, it has three sixes and nines in it, though. Mm-hmm. Um, she'd win it, you know, a couple times a year. How much did you get, like, a 500 bucks? Is that what it was? Or maybe okay, maybe not a couple times a year. I'm not sure what the payoff was for the daily number back then. If it's a dollar and it's a thousand numbers, right? Then you figure it would be 500 bucks. So that way you can't just play all the numbers. And... Mm-hmm. It might have been less than 500. I, I would think that $500 winning would have been, like, a night out of Ponderosa or something like mm. that. Um but uh, yeah, maybe not a couple times a year. But I mean, she, I remember her winning it several times, playing playing that number. Played almost every day, and uh, for some reason I didn't catch the bug. Just uh, I I don't do it 
almost but I mean when it gets to like eight hundred million dollars, sort of feel compelled to like I said out of cultural inertia more than anything else, even though I read, but I don't do it any, any other time. Uh I'm not a lottery player at all. Mm-hmm. Uh I don't like gambling either. I don't like going down to um, I have no compulsion to do that. The the price point for gambling is too high. Like yeah. like the kind of games I'd want to play, like poker or something. Like I remember when I went on my honeymoon, right? There was a casino on the cruise ship, you know? Like, sweet. Get down there and learn it's going to be like 20 bucks a hand. Like, what? Yeah. How can you play 20 bucks a hand? You have to have a lot of money to burn or you have to win. Well, I mean, you have to really think you're going to win. Yeah. And this thing is that you and I, we go into one of those things. We know we're going to lose. We go into a casino. The thing is, either my mom is in denial and lying to me, but my parents and my brother go to the casino. They generally play slots. My dad plays poker. And they probably come out five to $700 a head a year. Oh, you can do that. The reason why is because casinos are forced by law to have a 90% payout. Ten percent is plenty of money for them to keep okay. going, but yeah, they make. I mean, they go and they don't lose money. Mm-hmm. It's possible. Yeah, I think you have to sort of get either good at it or just you do it enough. Uh, but and you can also go on, you know, big losers because if if it is pure randomness, if, if that's what you're counting on, then that's going to you're going to lose ultimately. Yeah, I don't think I've ever had a down year. And um, they play here in Pennsylvania. They play up in New York. Um, and most of the time, they don't have a down trip. They usually break even or... Yeah, it, it, it's not out of the realm of possibility because, yeah. like I said, you can just have a high payout. The lottery yeah. payout is anywhere from 74% to 11% sometimes. It, it's, it can be really, really low uh, in comparison to what they get. But I also I justify it somewhat by saying, okay, it's going to social programs and that sort of thing. So it's not like, you know, ideally, some, some of the money is going to social programs. It's not... It's a tax on on your ability to understand math. Sure, I get it, but I, but I also I feel the inertia sometimes when it, when when a lot when a jackpot is in the billions, you sort of feel like yeah, fine. <laughs> no, what you can't win if you don't play. Okay, so I guess it wasn't fat. So I never have gone to the store to buy a lottery ticket. There was a couple times I entered in a pool at work, but that was more of a peer pressure thing, right? Well, I just wanted <laughs> so, to say that because yeah. Yeah, well, you, you, the last like, yeah. the last time I was confronted with a, a pull at work, I didn't do it. Mm. But like, the times before that, it was like, well, what if they win? I don't want to be the only guy right, here, yeah. you know. So that I was kind of hate that. That, yeah. that was kind of the reason I entered in those. That, that's, that's peer pressure, but that works. And mm. I, yeah, I agree with that. Um, you you put into those things because yeah, you would hate to <laughs> man if that happened. <laughs> I've seen actually the, the things where that has happened, and somebody was like left out, and they sue because of that. And you, I mean, it's, it's always a frivolous lawsuit. But they didn't invite me into the yeah. pool. Or I, I was sick that day, or I never got my money to them, but I would have gotten my money into them. I was reading a story about, um, you know, always take the lump sum or, or, you know, take the lump sum or the annuity type thing. Right. And they mentioned, um, what was his name? Uh, uh, yeah, Whitaker. Yeah. Whitaker. He was down in, it was in 2002 down West Virginia, so it was in the local news. I remember yeah. it. And so this guy took the lump sum. Got like, uh, I think the jackpot was three hundred million or something like that. So he got 
50 years, 70 million or something. Yeah, know. something like that. And, I mean, he was robbed, like, several times. Right. And uh, one time, like, a brief full, briefcase full of cash was taken from him at a strip club. Like, <laughs> great moments in Super Bowl history, in Powerball history. I, I just, I mean, if, if I were to get that kind of money, like, almost all of it is going to be invested right away. Mm-hmm. I, <laughs> there's no way I'm going to keep that money on me. Uh, and I just want, want that money to grow. That's all. Just put. I mean, that money, that, that kind of money, is impossible if you put it away for you not to just grow and grow and grow. Mm-hmm. No, absolutely. So, yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's seventy years old and still working. Mm-hmm. Oh man, yeah. I mean, first thing you do is uh, get contact a lawyer. That's the first thing you do. Well, sure, sure. Once you take, once you take care of the. Uh, protecting your claim mm-hmm. then you know yeah invest you know set up all your debt plans and children's plans and all mm-hmm. that stuff right and then then you buy the house yes. yeah and then you buy the maserati but after everything else is done you really you really get yourself secure and you know that money is going to be there no matter what and then you figure out all right what can i just play with and you you play in your means your means are going to be a lot better than they were before. But you're still going to have problems. Money doesn't solve problems. Just makes the, the ones that we're dealing with seem insignificant compared to the new <laughs> ones that come up. Shall we go into the show? Sure, let's do that. Thanks, everyone, for listening. <laughs> 